So we say good morning this morning. It's a beautiful day out there, and we, we know that it isn't beautiful for all people. We've got so many illnesses, uh, accidents, things going on in life that just happen every day. But the Word tells us how to latch on to this and keep it in our hearts and who to praise, who to talk to, who to seek during these times, good times and bad. Psalms 96 says, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. They will sing before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. What a God we have that would give us these words, this wisdom, this knowledge of him. Of him, the Lord God Almighty. And we see a glimpse of this as, as we look into the life of Christ, as, as John so starts clearing this up in our minds, gets right down to the meat of what we're to look for in the God our Father. He, he pours it out in such a way that personal, that just that connectedness with Christ that we should be seeking all the time in every way. As, as, we, as we read through these different scriptures and as we look at the life, you know, it, it just pours out the thought that we have got to connect with Christ to retain that that salvation in that that sanctuary that we have when Christ is our Savior. We build that relationship through being in the Word, listening to the Word, seeing the Word, and doing the Word. And that's what John and all these Gospels are just kind of bringing forth and just setting before us that wisdom and that knowledge of just what Jesus Christ does and has done for each and every one of us. Um, Proverbs chapter 3 talks about wisdom. It says, My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commandments in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring prosperity. And the minute we hear the word prosperity or, or goodness and all of this, we start thinking about, well, we're going to have a life of ease and this and that. But Christ sends us back to say, this is about our spirit. Where's our spirit? 
Is it rich in Jesus Christ? Is it rich in the Word? Or are we poor? Are we poor? Are we seeking that richness through Jesus Christ? Or are we seeking that easy life that comes to us because we're looking so superficially? And as we get into John 11, we, we see some of that. You know, we, we have that knowledge of Jesus. We have that thought. We have that understanding as we see it, but is our spirit seeing it? Are we truly getting into Christ like the Scripture wants us to? That personal, that intimacy with Christ that we see beyond this world? Or are we stuck in this world? Does this world keep pulling us back, keeps blinding us, in these situations that John says, hey, wait a minute, here's the Christ that we need to look at. As we, we delve into chapter 11, we, you know, we can't forget this whole letter. We forget the chapters, we forget the verses, and we go to this as a letter from beginning to end, each one of these things. It's a story. It's a story about Jesus Christ, and, and the beginning as we see him is he's and adult now, and we start seeing his wonders and his miraculous being as being God here on earth. Transfigured before us that we might see, that he might teach. Is he just a teacher? No. Is he just a good guy? No. He's all of these things, but he's Christ. He's God came to save us here on this earth. So we see his miracles start to grow a little bit. You know, he turned the water into wine, you know, and we talk about miracles and we hear the harp ringing and this and going, this is God. There's no miracles for God. God does this. He made everything that we can even think of. When we think of miracles, sometimes we put this little bubble and, and this great thing happened, but this is God every day. There are miracles and wonderings happening before us that we can't even imagine, and yet, you know, think of a breath. Just a breath of air. And just what a miracle that is. I, I can't get over that. I, I could just think about it every day. One breath, what a miracle that is. And yet, when that stops, are we prepared? Is Jesus Christ right there on our minds and our hearts? In all these circumstances that come along, are we prepared to look at the Christ and not the circumstances around us? As we delve into chapter 11, we, we see exactly that. Uh, uh, Christ is it. Lazarus is sick. You know, he gets the word. Jesus says, hey, wait a minute. You know, I, I, I'm going to stay here for a while. This is the third time that when friends or those close up to this point, that Jesus kind of delays. Jesus kind of holds back. And we think, well, why, why didn't he just go? Well, it says, it says that he delayed to glorify the name of the Father. To know for sure, to take away the doubt that this was the Father. How many times has this happened? We see it in the Old Testament. We see it in Joshua. No, I need to make sure that God is the one glorified and not man. God is the one out there doing these things in spite of what man does to get in the way. 
we see that, that Jesus comes and, and uh, uh, he finally arrives after this, and we figure it's around four days, and we start off in 17. And on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in a tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. Uh, even in these, these words, what are, what are we looking at? You know, they say, if you would have been here later on, we'll get to that. But what are they looking at? They're looking at circumstances. They're looking at the circumstances of what's going on. You know, and so we want to make sure that we don't look at circumstances, but we look at Christ. We look at Christ. Keep Christ the focus. Uh, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's pretty limited in the scope of what Jesus Christ can do with us. How many times have we heard someone say, well, you know, I think it's too late for me. I think I'm too bad. Christ could never save me. All of these sayings, and yet, yet, yeah, Christ says, I came that all might be saved. Everyone. How good or bad can we be and not be saved? Jesus says, I came that all might be saved. Uh, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. This, this goes to show us they knew the word. They, they, they understood it in their vision but they're still not getting the point of just how that power and glory of Jesus Christ is shining through. He's shining through everything and anything that he touches, and he'll do that all the time. Is he right here, or do we keep him out there? Um, we, we go on to read that uh, Jesus said to her, so he's starting to prompt this idea that he says, I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When you, when Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come see, Lord, they replied, and Jesus wept. As, as we 
as we move down the line here, there's lots of things going on in, 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 in this whole section uh, that Jesus is still having to explain, even to the disciples. And, and we think that, hey, maybe he should have been, you know, they should have known all of this stuff. They've been walking with Christ. And yet we have all the answers, and a lot of times we don't even understand. We, we start adding or subtracting things. Uh, I, I was listening to a message yesterday, and this pastor was going along about the house built on the rock and about the house built on the sand. And the words were straight out of Scripture. And, and believe me, I, I went home and looked because this, this, this person said, well, you know, this is, this is a story about Jesus and his brother building these different houses and stuff. And, and his brother said, no, we're going to build on the sand. And I, I haven't seen that yet. I'm still looking, and if it's, I, I haven't found it, and, and I'm going, I have not read that, and I, even if I think that I haven't read it or seen it, I never say that it's not in there, so I go looking, I go searching, and yet that particular one I can't find. We tend to do that, we start adding these little things, so guess what, we can see it from this earthly perspective, we've got to visualize it from this, rather than going beyond and seeking what Christ has to say to us. Uh, you know, he starts this miracle, and, and we, 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 we hope that it would just then take away all doubt, all of this guesswork out of it. But does it always work? You, you know, um, even earlier in the chapter, Thomas says, Let's go with him, and, and we'll die with him. But where did Thomas end it up? He says, if I can't put my hands in the wounds, then I won't believe. And Jesus said at that point, then do it. Here it is. Put your hands in. Put it in all the way. And he said, now you have believed, because he said, you are truly the Lord. But Jesus said, hey, blessed are those haven't seen and believed. So, are we there? Are we doing this? Are we, have we just took away every doubt and fear that Jesus is the Lord and he is truly in us to do the work in us to move out then to others? Are we a pond or are we that flowing water? Do we just accept this? Do we get nearsighted and blind? Do we still have doubt? Or are we moving on? All right. So, we get back to the girls, and they're, they're out there, and the other people that have come, and, and they, they say, wait a minute. You know, if you'd have been here, you could have saved him. But then we go back, and I, I didn't get the verse pulled up when the centurion comes to Jesus and said, you know, my son, he's sick. You, you can save him. You can heal him. And Jesus said, well, where is he? Oh, he said, Lord, you, you don't have to go. I know you can do it right here. You don't have to be there. Here's people that's been around. They've been at Jesus' feet. They've anointed him. They know what's coming. They have, they have that knowledge. And yet this centurion said, no, you don't have to go anywhere. 
I know your power. I know where you're at. You can just you can just say the word and he will be healed right here. Just say the word. We have got into be in that same mode of getting into that to say, Jesus, we know that you trump everything. And that's not a pun pun by Jesus. <laughs> so so but we do, we've got to just put Jesus where he belongs. And and as of yet, in these chapters, we see that there's just a little bit missing. Now, they didn't doubt Jesus in that particular form. They just couldn't see, they couldn't understand the depth of where he was at. And, and this is where we come to this. Sometimes we, we have such a strong faith as they did. They worshiped at the feet of Christ our Lord that they were just a little bit short on that understanding of just how powerful, how true to his word he truly was. What he could do. And why he would do it. Why he would do it. And yet, as, as he wept, you see on both sides of that statement that, you know, he was deeply moved and troubled in his spirit. You know, it says Jesus is compassionate. He's understanding. He's knowledgeable. All these things in our lives, are we giving back the same effort? Are we putting it in there? And, and then they just, they just keep going, and they just still, even at this point, he's there, and they just can't quite get the wheels to move enough to go yet. It was never about him being here. Now we know that Jesus Christ is right here through the Holy Spirit. We know he's right here. He's in every seat. He's right beside each and every one of you. And he doesn't have the COVID, but he's out there. He's right beside each and every one of you. Reach out and touch him. Know that he's there. Know that he's you know, Psalm says, David says, you know, I go to the depth, and there you are. I go to the height, and there you are. I go to the mountain, I go to the water, there you are. Is he right here with us today, or are we just short-sighted enough? We've got the salvation. We've got the, the thought of Jesus Christ. But did we give every last thing to him? Did we surrender every last point to him, or are we holding on to that one thing? Are we trying to keep that one thing? Or are we bitter about something and it's just kind of niggling at us all the time? We've got to give these things to Christ. We can't be short-sighted and hold them back. We just can't do it. It's got to be real. It's got to be Jesus every time. We go along in, in our scripture and we see that it wasn't just Mary and Martha, but, but the other Jews that was with him. Is that me? Okay. Uh, so Jesus then raises Lazarus from the dead. And, and, and we, we, we go along and, and, and Jesus is empathetic. He's with there. He's right there. But 
but he says his soul was troubled. He was troubled deeply with the thoughts and the words of these Jewish believers. We don't want to be in that same situation to put our Lord in the shape that he has to weep over us in those kind of sentiments. We want to be right there. We want to be spot on. And the way to do that is to be in Scripture, know the truth, and understand. We have all the examples right here of what to do and what not to do. Are we following them? Are we taking action? Are we using this word in our lives today to keep up with Christ, or is it a crutch? You know, I spoke earlier of, of what a wonderful time it is to come and be able to, to gather inside, together, and I promise I didn't hug one person this morning, and I never tell a lie. <laughs> but, you know, in some places, if, if we did that and got caught, we could be arrested now. We could be arrested. And yet, we don't want to be grumbling when we're getting up on Sunday morning. We ought to be the happiest people in the world to be able to get up, take a warm shower, praise the Lord, and drive to church in a car. I know I didn't walk the five miles here this morning, but you know, people have done that just to get a snippet of the word, of the truth of Christ. We should be so, so praising God that we have such an opportunity to just be able to drive down the road and get here to worship him. To worship him in all things. Uh, as we move along here, um, you know, Jesus tells him to unwrap him. So, so here again, what are we unwrapping in our lives? What do we have to take off to let Jesus in? What do we got to push out of the way to let Jesus take total control of us? Or are we committed to Christ? Are we, are we right there? Or are we still just kind of got our focus on those little details. Well, this happened to me yesterday. This happened. How much of the past do we want to hang on to? Every bit of keeping Jesus out. Our focus has got to be right there, right on top of where Jesus is at, right up here. We can't let Satan distract us. As I was coming in this morning, Alistair Begg, who is a, a great pastor you know, he's saying, we spend so much time focusing on Satan that we forget that Jesus Christ bound him up. But are we letting Satan kind of push us around a little bit? Let's let Jesus guide us around. Let's let Jesus take that burden that he says he's so willing to take. Jesus Christ has all of these things under control. He has our every breath. He has life and death in his hand. Uh, my wife isn't here this morning, but she is such a rock in Christ. And even in these times of ups and downs and pain and misery and stuff, and even in those days, she may start out with, I, I just don't know what I'm going to do. But sooner or later, at the end of every statement, she says, I still know. 
She doesn't say, I still believe. She says, I still know that Jesus Christ has the key to my life. He has the key to my life. He can have it anytime he wants, or he can keep me here on earth anytime he wants. Because he has the key. Let's give everything to that. Let's, let's get these little details out of the way. Let's unwrap those ugly things, those truths in our lives, and let's give it all to Christ. Let's surrender and commit to him everything we have, that, that all of our thoughts, all of our lives, are just focused on Christ and everything he has to give us. He is so free to give. And we, we look at, I uh, heard a comment this last week, how hard it is because it's so simple. It's so simple to let Christ in, we make it so difficult. We keep those grave clothes on, and we just open them up a little bit. Get rid of those grave clothes rid of them. Let Jesus just take our all. And you know, most of us, our lives are pretty ugly. You get down there in the depth of it, they're pretty ugly. Although we say, oh, we're good people. We're good people. We're only good in one way, and that's Jesus Christ. One way, and that's Jesus Christ. Because he's got to be our all. He takes the ugliness away. He presents us to the Father through him. It's his light. It's his joy. So let's commit to him. Let's give all to him. Let's, let's just, just bend down, bow down our hearts and say, Jesus, take every last drop of it. Take it all. So as Jesus is moving along, we can see what's coming. We, we're, we're headed to those parts in Scripture that... Sometimes we don't even like to read because this is getting closer to the death and resurrection of Christ. But guess what? We didn't mandate that. We didn't do that. God did. He knew we needed a Savior, and he presented Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus did all of these things. You know, in, in one scripture it says that, you know, if we were to write down everything that Jesus did, all the miracles he did while on earth, it would be volumes. You got that volume? Are you part of that? Are you a miracle in Christ? Are you that person in Christ that, that truly is transformed? Are you right there with Christ and giving him your all? Or are we still holding back? Maybe we're making an excuse with these grave clothes. And, and we got that little tension right now because, you know, if I really give it all to Christ, he might ask me to do something that I don't want to do. Do I hold back something from Christ just because I don't think it's maybe the right way? Or when he calls, do I go? When he calls, do I go to him? And just go do it without any reservation, without any thought of just what's going on in our lives. Uh, Romans uh, 
1132 is actually a, a, a group of rich, in-depth thoughts of God from Isaiah and Job. It says, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgment and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. To him be the glory. Not to each one of us, but to him. Lay down our lives. Get to this point to where, wait a minute. No. Not like these Jewish leaders who are then going, hey, they even admitted, they, they seen that, hey, wait a minute, he does these miracles, but we can't let this stuff get out. We can't let this go on. We can't do this because if we do, they're gonna, people are going to see and they're going to believe. They're going to believe. Do we believe enough? Stand up like the blind man did earlier and say, no, this is a Christ. I'm going to him to get kicked out then of the worship center. So we want to stick with Christ. We want to be with him. We want to stand up for the truth. We want to know that Jesus Christ is, is the one and only, even unto death and his fullness of life and glory. And so as we go, you know, we, we, we get into these things and... and we have to go back in that short-sighted part of our, our message. And we had God in this box. And boxes are different sizes. There's big ones, there's little ones. There's all sizes, depending on what's in our lives, that we put God in that box. And then when we think we need him or something's going on, we just kind of reach in and we take him out and say, okay, God, do this us like that little genie, and then we put him back out. Or we'll say even, well, my God would have never done that. Well, this God of all making everything, he is the God, and he will do as he pleases, and he will do his purpose, all things. Because I do these things for my purpose, you understand? I put all this stuff together for my purpose. What I do, so let's let's take God out of that box. Let's let's put Him out there. Let's get rid of that unbelief. Let's get rid of the doubts and the fears, and let Christ reign. Because then we look like different people. We can walk out of this building. We can go through the week, and we can be that light for Christ. But all these circumstances get in us and just mess things up if we let them. Let's truly be the light of Christ in all that we do. Uh, as, we, as we look at then the Pharisees and, and the religious leaders who are then plotting to, to get to Jesus and to unwrap him and... and, and put him right back into this place of, of 
misunderstanding and, and it, it's amazing how they were afraid that Jesus was going to change their Selfish at times. They were greedy. They were insecure. And then as we look at that, are we in that same spot? Do we have these same qualities? These these little tidbits in our lives that just kind of hold us down? That kind of uproot that vine that Christ is so solid in? Are we that branch that's kind of withering? Or are we that solid ground that Christ wants us to be? Do we enjoy his discipline? God says, I discipline those I love. And yet they understand it and they welcome it. They use it in their life. And so as Christ does this, and, and, and we see that all these things are happening in Christ's life, and, and our journey, and our, our walk, and, and our thoughts, are we headed to that depth of Christ, or are we still on the surface? You know, the more grounded and depth we get in Christ, the less chance there are that we're up there on top of that water being pushed back and forth and back and forth as the winds and the waves slosh back and forth. He wants us to be grounded in him. He wants us to be solid and stable. He wants us to know the truth, abide in the truth, be obedient, and be that example to the world that he is. He prayed to the Father, Lord, as I am with you, may they be with me. Do we want that oneness with Christ, or do we want to just use him? Do we want to say the prayer, take a dip in the tank, and go, that's all I want right there. I want to stop right there. Folks, we better be headed for the depth, that solidness, that that root of Jesus Christ in our lives, that we can just surely say unto him, Lord, here I am. Take it, spread your arms, die every morning to Christ, give it all to him. Don't let him weep over us. That path is narrow. Are we there? Are we letting that Satan, that selfishness, you know, drag us down that wide path of destruction. Are we latching right on to Christ and saying, no, I want to be everything in him? Are we siding with these Jewish leaders? Are we, are we short-sighted enough to, to not let Christ be the one and all? We want to stand up. We want to be counted as one of those folks. We want to surrender it all as we, as we come up as we further along on this. Christ shows that he is truly a servant to all. Are we a servant to all? Christ says to every one of ourselves. Are we doing that in our life? Are we surrendering and giving that up? Or are we holding something back? So as, as we get into this, as we, as we look at this, 
uh, even the Jewish leaders, uh, Caiaphas, he said, you know, out of some kind of thought, we don't know exactly what the thought was behind it, but one uh, is going to die for all. You know, that was kind of sarcastic in his way, but guess what? It was the truth. Jesus Christ died for every one of us. He kept us going. He keeps us going. He is our leader. He is the church. Are we part of that body? Are we grateful and gracious unto him? Are we giving all up to him? Uh, so we look at this, and, and, and so what's holding us back? Each one is going to be a little different. We're not all on the same plane. Christ says, you know, there's many parts to the body, many parts. What's holding us back in our lives? You know, are, are, we, are we committed? Are we totally surrendered? You know, is, is, is doubt in there whether Jesus is truly the Messiah? Or if he's really real sometimes. The world would tell us all kinds of stories about Jesus. And yet we know as examples just exactly what the truth is. Uh, are we putting God in that box? Or are we letting him be God? Are we totally committed? Are we short-sighted? Or are we digging deep for the truth of Christ? Are we seeking that wisdom that, that Proverbs tells us we need to seek to get to Christ? Uh, do, we, do we feel like we're being judged, that, that God is just that person, that mean person, that, boy, if I do something wrong, He's going to hammer down on us. Are we just giving him free reign in our lives to live and give everything that, that, that he's got to offer? He says he will give to us until, until our barns are overflowing. Do you realize what that spirit is in you? You know, we, we look at Thomas, and, you know, this should have took away all the doubt, but it didn't. Peter. You know, he ended up denying Christ. Most of the other disciples ran. Are we running? Are we afraid? Or are we are we right there with Christ? We're letting him be Lord and God of everything in us. To just give to us freely what he's got. So as as we get into this uh, final thought and all these things that's going on in our lives today, just just what happened in our daily lives to keep us going. Are we looking at the kingdom or are we looking at the world? You know, we should catch sight of the kingdom and be living in that for Christ. Grasping that. Seeking that. Rather than setting back here. You know, our journey isn't always just the walk. You know, along the journey we have to dig, we have to search, we have to reap benefits of what God's got for us. So as we go about our way today, I, I, would, I would just hope that we would first of all praise God for our wonderful fellowship, our leaders, Pastor Brian, all those that work so hard to, to keep and hold this congregation together for Christ Jesus our Lord, and that he would truly be our example in all. Father, as, as we have come before you, your word.
word, your, your whole being. May we look at you, may we praise you, may we accept everything that you have to do. May we open our hearts, our mind, our all to you. May we surrender, may we die each morning that you might live so much fuller thank you, praise you, even for the circumstances in our lives that so often, every time, shows us that you are the Lord God. Father, we praise you, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. As you bow your heads this morning, bow your hearts to Christ. You know, if you're out there this morning, and you haven't reached out to Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you do not fully understand what Jesus is about, if you're wanting to seek Him deeper, further, to that fullness that He promises He'll give us. You know, there's you can reach out to the pastor. You can reach out to leaders. There's people around you can do that too. Or just simply get on your knees to Christ say, I want to be that part of you that you desire of me. So as we go about this week, you know, let's not let this COVID or things going on in the world get us down, but let's keep that focus on Jesus Christ, our Savior. Let's keep total focus on Him and surrender each part of our bodies to Him, every last ounce, that He can be Lord, truly Lord of everything in our lives. Father, as we go about this week, Lord, if our hearts are, are troubled, let's get on our knees to you, Father. Let's never stop praying. If we're having a great day, let's praise you. If we're seeking help and desire to have you in every decision we make, Lord, may we come to you. May we be in your word and in your thoughts all the time, that our relationship would be strong and that your wisdom, your knowledge and understanding your grace, your mercy, your love. Fill us up to the overflowing that those around us would just see us and drop their knees and say, I want a part of that. What is that all about? That the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord, be fully understood and glorified. Our God, our Father, in Jesus' name.